Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your co-host Hayward Evans and Eddie Ryan. I do want to thank um, our first guest, Congressman Bobby Scott from Virginia, Chair of the House Education and Labor Committee. And I want to thank Austin Barbary, his assistant, for hooking all this up. So, Congressman, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? All right, all right. Well, uh, we see that, uh, I guess, the uh, news of the day is, in addition to, uh, I guess, the man is a bronze man now, we looked on TV yesterday, but this whole thing about his militia, that he's been inciting people to liberate Michigan and liberate Minnesota. And uh, I mean, this is going to be pretty, a pretty dangerous operation. So I'd like to have you uh, address that issue first, because that's uh, paramount to my concern. Being a, a black activist in America, we got people running around with machine guns opposing civil rights. It puts us, puts us in peril, doesn't it? Uh, it? It does. And the uh, president has, um, you know, he gave... Um, uh, aid and comfort to the uh, to that that element when he was in the debate. He just looked at the camera and said, "Stand up and or, well, stand back and stand by." What is stand by? Stand by for what? And during earlier in the year, when um, uh, the militia and armed uh, individuals were uh, storming the state capitals, including mine in, in uh, Richmond, Virginia, my capital, Richmond, Virginia, people and Olympia, with, uh, Washington, with with, with, with weapons. Um, um, you know, he said, liberate, um, uh, liberate Virginia. I mean, it just encourages them. Uh, we need um, uh, people to come out and say that that's not how we, how we legislate. We don't legislate at the point of a, of, of a gun. Now, I, I, you've got to suspect that this little bunch is, uh, is, is a fringe, but, you know, when you have the, uh, the, 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 the masses kind of going off, off, the, off the rails into uh, uh, having armed rallies at state capitals, uh, you got to expect that there'll be some fringe groups uh, that'll carry it uh, much much further. You had that's what happened in Charlottesville. You had the um, the, the one that the president said good people on both sides. Um, uh, you know, you had one go off the rails and um, and and run over somebody, Heather Heyer, uh, who who died as a result. Uh, but when you when you uh, whip up people in that kind of frenzy, uh, this is this is the kind of thing you get. Uh, what uh, authority? And now we're saying that uh, I guess the FBI is doing their job. And you know, as a matter of fact, I uh, was the Black History speaker at the FBI, uh, the FBI in Seattle about three years ago, and I welcomed them to uh, the community of the disregarded and uh, uh, they ignored and disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, welcome to the community. So now you see what it feels like. But I'm glad they have been on their job and they have, been, uh, have not been turning their back on administering justice and, and protecting people. So I'm glad to hear, see that part. Uh, but Congressman, uh, going back to uh, your duties and also the current uh, status of things in Washington, D.C., uh, right now, we have uh, thousands of people being laid off. I guess you just heard about the airlines. I guess uh, 25,000, 1,500 pilots, 10,000 fighting, and it goes on and on and on. Will there be any relief for these people? And you know, he usually stuff, does stuff for big corporations, but now uh, it doesn't seem to be at, at a stalemate in terms of the next uh, package. Will there be anything forthcoming before the elections? Um you just can't imagine going much longer without some kind of relief package. Um, the, it, I think any economist will tell you that the CARES Act, where we spent uh, $2.2 uh, trillion and then came back with a 
um, with the backfill because some of the money ran out and, and and we needed to come up with some more. Um, uh, th- that money kept the economy afloat. That extra six hundred dollars on unemployment. I mean, that money got spent uh, and kept the. You remember when the um, right after the pandemic started and people started getting laid laid off. The um, uh, stock market cratered. It went from about, the Dow went from about twenty-seven hundred, uh, twenty-seven thousand down to about eighteen thousand. But then people noticed that because we had passed the CARES Act and people were being supported, um, that uh, the market came right on back. Almost you're about about to where it where where it was. It's you um, set new records. Uh, Chairman Powell said we need to make sure that we. Uh, the, the, you mentioned the CARES Act and then said going forward, we need to make sure we have a robust funding to support the, the economy. And he's, he's, I think he said something like the risk of doing too much, too, the risk of doing too little is much more than the risk of doing too much. In other words, doing, you, you, can't, you almost can't do too much, but you can do too little and the economy can crater. And if the economy goes south, you're going to end up with such deficits in in in, in federal spending that um, uh, that would you might as well have spent the money up front. And that's what uh, Chairman Powell is saying. Um, and and there's no reason why we can't um, uh, negotiate a settlement. Uh, Speaker Pelosi and Secretary Mnuchin were getting closer and closer until the president um, uh, came out of the hospital and t- told everybody to stop negotiating. I don't know. Then the next day he said, well, uh, when he, when the stock market started to, uh, to, to collapse, uh, he said, well, uh, I'll, I'll protect the airlines and one or two others. Well, okay, if you like the airlines, what about state and local government? They're going to be laying off a ton of people if they don't get some help. What about education? What about edu- help for, for, for education, for, 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 for housing? If we don't come up with the money for, for, to, to help winners, uh, there'll be mass evictions, and let me tell you, the people out on the street aren't the only ones that are going to be hurting. The landlords are going to go broke because they didn't get a rent for several months. I, if you own a hundred units and half the people aren't paying, uh, how, you, how, how are you going to pay your mortgage? And if your little mom and pop shop maybe got uh, one or two units and you use it for your retirement, you got to pay your mortgage. Um, and and so um, uh, what what? What exactly um, uh, is 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 not important? Is child care, the child care industry, uh, the support in the New Heroes Act for them? That's going. A lot of people are going out of business. Uh, the unemployment compensation. I mean, what part of it is not important? And we can come up with with with, with an agreement, uh, but the president will have to explain what he said, what he what he was talking about. When one day he says, "Stop negotiating." And then the next day he says, "Well, I'm starting to go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's talking about. But we need to come up with a new plan. The problem is, uh, the reason we have to uh, work with uh, Mnuchin, and if we can get a deal with him, uh, Trump will tell uh, uh, the Senate leader McConnell, uh, just take this deal, and, um, and 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 presumably he'll bring it up and it'll, it, it, it'll pass. The Senate is absolutely useless. They said they're going to press the pause button." and just do nothing. They did that for several months, and people are starting to hurt. Uh, benefits are starting to run out. And um, finally, after several months of ignoring the situation, 
They came up with a little um, uh, emaciated package, brought it up, and he couldn't even pass that. So I don't know what uh, he's, he's just, he can't even pass anything. Uh, so uh, we, we're counting on, on uh, Speaker Pelosi and Secretary Mnuchin in saving the saving the economy, and and uh, they can do it. They've done it before. They came up with the CARES Act. They came up with the uh, CARES Act too. They come up with a little legislation before that. They can do it. Uh, but they can't do it if the president keeps um, injecting himself in with uh, bizarre comments like um, stop negotiating or I'll give you permission to just save this industry but not in, not anything else. Um, so so I hope, hopefully uh, the president will just stay, at, stay away and let uh, Speaker Pelosi and Secretary Mnuchin get a good deal on behalf of the people. I don't know, listen, so you're listening to Congressman Bobby Scott a former member of the House Judiciary Committee, who is now the chair of the House uh, uh, Education and Labor Committee. Is it Labor and Education? Uh, Secret, uh, ed- education and Labor, the same one that Adam Clayton Powell uh, chaired in the 1960s that had the Higher Education Act, the Spell Grants and Student Loans, Elementary and Secondary Education Act, the Title I funding, Head Start, Civil Rights Acts, uh, Title VII anti-discrimination. I mean, he did a... Um, um, he just just historic work on that committee in the 1960s. Uh, that was a central part of the uh, war on poverty from uh, President Johnson. Yeah, they got killed by Ronald Reagan. Yes, I remember those days. But they started trying to take it apart. But a lot of it is still there. The uh, Higher Education yeah. Act. U.S. students going to college had the Higher Education Act. What what uh, how they, how they're helped or. Or uh, low-income uh, schools in low-income areas getting Title One money. And, well, we hope that the money is being passed on. We have some questions in Seattle whether that's happening or not. But in terms of uh, uh, Hayward Evans, my co-host and I, we were involved with a, a group to uh, uh, get a building to now create a public development authority called the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority. The building was erected for to house Seattle Opportunities Industrialization Center. SYC, and you know, uh, that came in, and then Ronald Reagan killed the manpower training money. But now you're sitting on that committee, and uh, we will be training folks. And why don't you just share with our listeners uh, some of the authority and jurisdiction that your committee has with education and labor? Well, including grants that can come to Seattle, Washington. There's a thing we passed a couple of years ago called WIOA, Workforce Investment Opportunities Act. Uh, that funds uh, workforce training. Uh, each uh, area is supposed to get a, a council together to figure out uh, what jobs are needed and what training is needed and use the money uh, to do that. In the um, HEROES Act, we put um, um, uh, about several billion dollars in there for uh, job training. Uh, seven or eight million people who've lost their jobs are going to find out that those that those jobs are gone permanently. They're not going back. Either the, the um, business isn't going to you're going to find out they they really don't need them, or the business is going out of business and won't be a job. But seven or eight million people, and we need to make sure the job training is there. Uh, a few days ago, in the Education and Labor Committee, we reported a bill uh, to uh, create additional apprenticeships, not just in the traditional building trades. But in others, financial services and healthcare apprenticeships, where uh, people can uh, get uh, highly skilled skills, uh, highly skilled uh, uh, jobs, 
the average right now coming out of an apprenticeship is about seventy thousand dollars a year. Uh, we had we had enough um, uh, money in that that bill that was reported out of committee, and we'll consider it uh, in a few weeks, probably after the election, um, on the floor of the on the floor of the house. Um, uh, but that will create about a million additional opportunities. Uh, we also passed an infrastructure bill that will create a lot of jobs, so that people who've lost their jobs um, uh, will have opportunities. I don't think people. People have just gotten used to big numbers. Eight hundred and some thousand people filed for unemployment in the last week. Um, before this pandemic, the record in one week in the history of um, um, uh, uh, of the unemployment compensation program was six hundred and some thousand. We've gone over twenty consecutive weeks, way over that. Week after week after that. Week after week after after, after week. And so we are way over the previous record. And so the economy, when they say the economy is doing well, uh, they're ignoring the fact that a record number of people are filing, uh, filing for, for unemployment. And the, the, the other uh, big-ticket item is this uh, Supreme Court justice that they want to uh, uh, run through. They don't have time to bring the Senate back to talk about helping people uh, with their um, COVID-related financial problems in a relief package. They do have time to bring uh, bring a Supreme Court justice a few weeks before the election, exactly four years after a previous election year, where they were sanctimonious about the principle of not filling a vacancy ten months uh, uh, with left in the uh, Obama's term. They couldn't you 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 don't fill a not, you don't fill a vacancy in the last ten months. Here we are four weeks before an election. And they're going to run this one through. I mean, they, without any regard of keeping your word, fairness, or rank hypocrisy, uh, they're going to run it through. And the reason they have to do it quickly is there is a case right after the election, within a week after the election, that will that has the potential of uh, ending the Affordable Care Act, lock, stock, and barrel, pre-existing condition protections, affordability credits. Uh, up to 26, um, um, you can stay on your parents' policies. Women paying more than, no longer paying more than men. That's going to be all. The whole, the whole act can be set aside, and there's every expectation that they'll do that. Uh, they need um, um, this new justice on there because she has publicly criticized um, uh, Justice Roberts when he voted not to kill the Affordable Care Act a couple of years ago. And so they, they they don't have time. They have time to um, uh, run through a, a Supreme Court justice, but they don't have time uh, to help the American public uh, when it comes time to save the airlines, education support, uh, stop these evictions, uh, help child care, or for the unemployed, uh, reinstate the uh, $600 extra that, that kept everybody afloat, including the economy. Because let me tell you, if you're unemployed, you're spending every dime you get. You're not you're not setting anything aside. Your 401k, you're spending that you're spending that money, and all that money went right in the economy. And if you um, if you own stocks, you notice that they collapsed, and then turned right around after we passed the CARES Act, and uh, the stock market went right back up. So I mean, the stock market recognized the value of the CARES Act, and um, and they don't have time to. And now that it's running out, they don't have time to reinstate it. But they do have time to pass a um, um, uh, to, to confirm a Supreme Court judge who'll take away your health care. When they say they got a plan to protect your pre-existing conditions, 
They don't have they don't have a plan. They'll do that. They do have plans. The House passed a plan when right after Trump got elected, um, uh, and and it, and it did not protect those with pre-existing conditions. In fact, twenty-some million fewer people would have insurance. Costs would go up twenty percent the first year, and people with pre-existing conditions would start losing some of their protection. Now that was the bill they actually passed. So when they say they don't have a they they, they have a secret plan, now that wasn't secret. The House passed it. Thankfully, uh, John McCain killed it in the Senate. Uh, but um, if, if, if um, it's set aside, now, if it's set aside in the Supreme Court and Joe Biden is there and we have a Democratic Senate, uh, we can fix whatever the Supreme damage the Supreme Court does. But if they maintain the Senate or if they get the president who will veto anything we try to do, um, then um, this, the Affordable Care Act is just um, it would just be messed up. Those with pre-existing conditions will lose their protection. Women will start paying more than men. Um, costs will go out. Uh, costs will go out through the roof, and people, instead of gaining insurance, uh, will start losing um, losing their insurance. Twenty. The CBL said that twenty-some million fewer people will have insurance if that bill passes. That's that's, a, that's quite a hit. Uh, our local uh, president of the NAACP, Carolyn Riley Payne, was supposed to join us. Eric, is she on the line? Okay, uh, Congressman Bobby Scott, I want you to meet one of our civil rights leaders. She spent, uh, she's right up your alley, too. She spent almost 40 years as director of the Seattle King County NAACP branch of the Afrocultural Technological Scientific Olympics, known as AXO. As a matter of fact, Angela Riot was a participant and won a gold lo local medal and a national silver medal. So, Carolyn Riley Payne? Well, yeah. tell them, I, about 40 years ago, I was president of the Newport News branch of the NAACP. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's, yeah. I wanted to make sure that you uh, knew who Carolyn Riley Payne was. She's doing an outstanding job. And uh, we had, we had, I have to admit, we had a branch that wasn't doing that well, and she stepped in and righted the ship. So we we're happy to have her on board. But I want to make sure that she got a chance well, that, to say hello. That sounds good. And I've been to I've been to just about every uh, national convention uh, since I've been in Congress. Since I've been in Congress, and mostly before then, but since I've been in Congress, uh, Hillary Shelton and I have been doing a um, uh, annual uh, briefing for for lawyers and in, in uh, every, every year. We participate, participated in a legislative update and an afternoon session. Uh, so I've been uh, very active in the national conventions. I've attended just about every state convention uh, since I was president of the local local branch. So I've been uh, real active in the NAACP. Yes, and, and, and he's real active with your national president, Derek Johnson, because every year, every August, we're in Tunica, Mississippi for the Congressional Black Caucus Institute that's chaired by Congressman Benny Thompson. So uh, and uh, so I just wanted to make sure you, you uh, had a conversation because I know you're an NAACP guy, Congressman Scott. And uh, uh, President Payne, Riley Payne, he was also a member of the National Black Caucus of State Elected Officials with Jesse Weinberry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember Jesse. Yeah, NBCFL. National yeah. Black Caucus State Legislators. When I was in the state legislature, I knew Jesse. Yeah, he he was he was our guy up here as well. He went on yeah. on, on the the first Jesse Jackson presidential suite when we got people really involved. So I, people still don't give him enough credit, but 
we had more people of color running for office after he ran than any, I think, any time in the country. But anyway, good. I just want to see if I, I want to make sure see if Reverend, if President Kelvin Riley Payne had any questions or comments before you got, because I certainly appreciate you giving us as much time, Congressman Scott. President Riley Payne, do you have anything to say to the Congressman? Oh, we thank you for uh, for what you're doing. Uh, I don't have anything specific to say other than thank you, except you had an AXO program when you were uh, back in your branch. It was just uh, getting, and, AXO was just getting started. I think uh, I think it was just getting started. Okay. All right. Well, it's, I think it's still going. I, oh, it's going this, well. It's going well. Yes. So, well, thank you so very much. Uh, well, thank you. That, and everywhere I go, I tell people to sign up for Hillary Shelton's Washington Bureau Alert System, where yep. you can uh, you can go online, go to the Washington Bureau NAACP, and sign up. And as legislation comes up, uh, Hillary will alert you that the bill is coming up, so that you can contact your legislators in time. If you wait till you read it in the paper, it's, it's already happened. It's too late. And then the Washington Bureau uh, does a report card for everybody to make sure you know how your legislators have actually voted. Well, before you go, I got a co-host who hasn't had a chance to say a word. Hey, would you have a question or comment for, for the Congress? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. First, Congressman, thank you for being here with us today. Uh, if you watched the debate last night, I was, I was just shocked at how inconsiderate <laughs> Vice President Pence was. But, but to get off that note, when they came to the question about the transition of power, if, in fact, they lose the election. He totally ignored it. And we know what number 45 has been saying. Uh, it's a fake election, mail-in ballots are fraud. What is the position now for us as Democrats? What should we be doing? Even if we win the vote, this man's talking about not stepping down. What are our options? Well, we're, we're in a democracy. It doesn't matter what um, um, President Trump and Vice President Pence want to do. It just doesn't matter. They can uh, say they're not going anywhere, but if we if, if we win this election the way we're supposed to, and, and don't let it be close. Uh, when we win, as, uh, January 20th will come, and we will inaugurate a new president. And if he doesn't want to leave, uh, Secret Service and um, the federal marshals will uh, pick him up and take him out of the White House. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, he can, he can, and, and if he starts to order somebody around, the people will know he is not the president after January 20th. Uh, at high noon on January 20th, he is not the president, and nobody will pay any attention to him. Um, uh, the, one of the things we need to do is take over the Senate, because one of the, the thing that has disappointed me the most is when uh, the president has violated, has just ignored the law. He came to, um, to my hometown, Newport News, Virginia, at a rally, um, the state has a 250 limit on crowd size. You have about a couple of thousand people out there. They just ignored the law. Um, and and if, the, if the U.S. Senate allows him to do it, the House can't pass a bill. Bill has to pass the House and the Senate. Um, and so he will, um, uh, we have to make sure we elect uh, Democratic senators across the country. So on January 20th, we'll have a Democratic House, Democratic Senate, and uh, everybody will know that at high noon on uh, January 20th, uh, President Trump is no longer the president, although he may think he's president. And uh, Vice President and Mr. Pence may think he's vice president, but the um, um, U.S. Marshals will um, 
will, will let them know, oh, no, you're not president anymore. Get out of here. But, Congressman, just one more. Will the Senate convene before election date, considering the COVID, the infection in the White House, the infection um, by the they, 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 they will convene. They will convene. They're so busy trying to trying to get this Supreme Court justice seated so that she will be in place to hear the case where they can take away your health care, including protection against pre-existing conditions. They want to make sure she's she's confirmed by then. So they will convene. Uh, they got time for that, but they don't have time to um, uh, save the state and local governments or the airlines or education or the housing crisis where people are about to get evicted. Uh, child care industry or the um, unemployment compensation, making sure people um, uh, continue to qualify for um, for an extra uh, unemployment compensation, enhanced and expanded unemployment compensation. They don't have time for that, but they do have time to convene to um, to confirm a Supreme Court justice who will take away your health care. One thing we can do is vote on November 3rd Uh, Or early vote if you can. Make sure you vote. That's one thing we definitely have control over. Don't let it be close. Right. Absolutely. Uh, uh, President Carol Riley Payne, do you just want to see if you had another additional question or comment for Congressman Scott before he has to leave? Oh, yes. Well, one of the things that I've always been wondering, too, in the next, whoever the president is, don't let them continue to, well, 45 has gotten away with breaking every um, government rule almost that there is. We have people have been fired from their jobs for, for violating the Hatch Act. And I know he's the president, but there are things that the people that he is putting, the uh, things that he's doing, that he just seems to do, and nobody seems to stop him. Uh, so he, doesn't, he has no checks and balances. The checks and balances for him are out the window. So, and I'm always, I always wonder, why is that? Is he such a bully that? Well, he, you know, ju- he just believes that the laws don't believe to him. He, he violates the laws right and left the Hatch Act. Um, you've never had to do much enforcement of the Hatch Act because when the ethics people tell someone they're in violation, they stop. But uh, when the ethics people told Kellyanne Conway. Uh, that she was in violation, she said, well, uh, wear the handcuffs. Uh, the fact is that, that there are no criminal penalties for violation of the Hatch Act. Nobody knew that. I, I didn't know it because uh, uh, I, I just assumed that if you have intentionally violated the laws, there'd be criminal penalties. They're not. The sanction for violation of the Hatch Act is that you could be suspended, uh, suspended without pay, or fired. And that ha- that's the function of your superior. And if you're superior, in this case, it's, it's, it's uh, President Trump. Um, if he's not going to do anything, you get away with it. And that's uh, that's how they that's how they run the White House. The, the the rules don't apply for them. The rules said you had to wear a mask at the last debate. The whole first family marched in and without and and and, and didn't wear the mask during the um, during, during during the debate. I mean, just rules just don't apply to them. And and. Um, what we have control over is voting uh, in this election. Early vote if you can, or vote on November 3rd, and don't let it be close. Okay, well, we'll continue to work on um, spreading that word out here. Good. 
Okay. Well, Council Scott, we certainly appreciate your time today. It was a uh, very uh, informative conversation. Got to go into detail, so we certainly do appreciate that. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on Zoom or something real soon. And I appreciate you keeping me apprised of uh, your work on the COVID-19 crisis as well. We're doing what we can. We've been fighting for the unemployment compensation, but particularly fighting for education and for support for state and local, because if we don't get support in state and local, they're going to start off by cutting things, including education. Uh, the schools need more resources to open safely. Uh, so that's one of the things that we have in the next uh, relief package. Okay, sir. Well, thank you very much for your time. And uh, I'll stay in touch with you, make sure that I'm up on what's happening in D.C. Because I'm sure that the McKinney Center will certainly be having some funds come through Jay Inslee to 20, 22nd and Jackson. So thank you very much, sir. Well, thank you. Keep up the good work. All right, then. Okay, I want before we go back to President Carolyn Riley Payne at the Seattle King County branch of the NAACP, I just want to say that was uh, Congressman Bobby Scott out of Virginia. He is chair of the uh, Education and Labor Committee in the House of Representatives, and he was also a former NAACP president at Newport News, Virginia, and uh, has, has in all of, all of the conferences uh, about the NAACP annual meetings. So, Carolyn Riley Payne, we got a couple of minutes. Let us know what you're working on. Wow, where do I start? <clears throat> First of all and foremost, we are working on voter registration and voter right of uh, vote, get out the vote, education. We held we held a week of forums on the, the different districts. We had a judicial um, forum uh, to talk about so the judges, people could see who the judges are and make some decisions about uh, about them that's more informed than normal. It was excellent. We had, um, but uh, the thing that we are working on right now is getting people to get their ballots in the mail as soon as they come out. They'll be coming out next uh, next week, I think, and we are uh, out there on Saturdays passing out masks, talking to people, encouraging them to do uh, just what uh, Congressman Bo uh, Bobby just said. Vote. Vote early. Don't put that ballot down and, and forget where you put it. Um, and then the other thing uh, we're working on is um, we have um, that, we're, that's a national program, voter registration. We're working on we're doing a lot of things with the school district. There's a movement of, uh, on right now to keep the superintendent of schools of Seattle. And so we're working, uh, getting. Um, There's a, would you repeat that? There's a movement to do what? <laughs> I know I just said it. To keep the superintendent of schools, parents, oh, okay. there are people out there. There is a movement out there. Well, no, I'm very sorry. Not what she's under the, all these black men and, and uh, the black principal, well, female principal at Leshy. I'm very sorry. Uh, and then there's also the issue with the Urban Native Education Alliance. So there's absolutely well, no well, way. Uh, so no, we know we we need to talk to the school board about that. That her conduct, well, we, that racism and discrimination is unacceptable. Her anti-black male racism is unacceptable. And then the way she treated uh, the principal of Leshy, and the way other blacks have been black males have been forced out of there and been unappreciated, like Ted Howard, the former principal of, of Garfield, uh, Dr. Brent Jones of Human Resources had to take another job. The uh, contrived things they did with with Eric McCurdy, the former athletic director, 
uh, can interview a black man to be over the black male achievement program with the district? Oh, no, uh -uh, no, we can't. She might as well be an honorary member of the Proud Boys or the Klan or the Nazis. And that's that's the kind of reputation that I see. And that her actions speak louder than words. These are live experiences of how black folks have been treated by Denise Juno at the Seattle School District. There's no way that she should be allowed to continue uh, this uh, mass execution of careers of black folks at the Seattle School District. Thank you. You're welcome. I didn't say that. I, I said that there is a movement afoot that we are uh, looking at, and people are coming, calling and talking to us, tell, leaving messages and saying, support the superintendent. And we're, we're pushing back saying why, and this is the reason why, because we are going, uh, her contract is up, um, and talking about extending it is not acceptable. Well, I'll tell you um, what, uh, uh, we have a, a candidate on the line, and uh, we'll have you back on next week so we can continue this conversation. So we can have some of the uh, black folks that she's messed over on the line if they have filed a lawsuit against her in the Seattle School District. We'll do that next week. So, Carolyn Riley Payne, thank you very much today. Thank you for sharing your time with Congressman Bobby Scott, too. You guys have a lot in common, both former, both presidents of the NAACP. Yes, and one thing I want to tell people about voting. Uh, this is a, a year for the um, presidency uh, for the NAACP's election. So we want all members. What is the date? What is the date of the election? Uh, November. Uh, it's in November. Okay. Well, let's right? let's take care. Let's let's do that at the next session. I got someone oh. on hold right now, and I okay. want to make sure he gets his proper time. So okay. thank you very all much right. for today. All right. Okay. Okay, Eric. I think you signal me that. Uh, David Hackney's on the line. David Hackney, are you are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Okay, great. Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye here. Uh, I sent out a uh, a little format. Uh, we're gonna try try to, and I, I sent it also to your opponent. Let everybody know. Uh, Hayward and I will be doing a a, uh, a candidates forum, but it's strictly responding to information that we sent to you. And naturally, you can interject your vision and stuff like that. We'll have about ten minutes. So if you could start off with taking two minutes to just to talk about who you are and uh, why are you the, the, uh, the person for the job. And he, you're seeking uh, the 11th District legis uh, uh, representative seat. What is that position one or two? Position one. Position one. Okay, so, uh, David Hackney, go right ahead. Thank you, Eddie. And uh, hey, Wood. So again, my name is David Hackney. I'm running for the state legislature in the 11th LD position one. You know, I've been an attorney um, for over 25 years, but I think my lived experience will tell you much more about what kind of legislator I will be. I come from a proud union family. Both my grandfathers were union men. One of my grandfathers survived the Great Depression, and the other escaped the Jim Crow South because the United Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters and the United Auto Workers, respectively, were fighting for their economic and civil rights. So I am going to fight to strengthen collective bargaining uh, rights in uh, Washington, and I'm going to address income inequality, particularly with the black community. When I started high school, I was told by guidance counselors that I was not college material. But with the love and support of my family, and importantly, investments by my community, I was able to obtain degrees from Cornell University and Harvard Law School. I'm going to fight to meet the educational needs of every student in my district so they can reach their full potential. And while in high school, my best friend was shot to death by another teenager 
who should have never had access to a firearm. I believe gun violence is preventable, and I'm going to fight for responsible gun laws in Olympia. And finally, my senior year in college, uh, my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer at a time my family did not have health insurance. The subsequent medical bills crippled my family financially. I'm going to fight for health care for all. And in this community, um, I volunteered at Tabor 100, was asked to join their board, and was their uh, lead advocate for I-1000. Um, and this is, in, a, you know, uh, in addition, I volunteered for the Alliance for Gun Responsibility um, on uh, I-1639 and impl implementation of 940, and I was asked to join their board. Uh, I was appointed by the governor to the Washington State Human Rights Commission um, in 2019, and I hear employment and housing discrimination cases once a month. And finally, I'm a board member of the Tequila Children's Foundation, where I advocate for the uh, well-being of children in my community. In all of these critical areas, I did not see my opponent fighting for critical issues in the 11th District. The 11th District is in South King County. It has lower average median income than the rest of the county. Yet my opponent was not there for the fight to restore affirmative action um, to the state of Washington. The South King County experienced 77% of all the gun violence in King County in 2019. Yet my opponent was not there for 1639. He was not there for the implementation of 940, and he was not there for the regulation of high-capacity magazines. And as a result, I received the sole endorsement of the Alliance for Gun Responsibility in this election. And finally, my uh, opponent is a landlord who vote, was one of four Democrats who voted against um, a standard of conduct for landlords and uh, just cause evictions um, for renters. Uh, and this is in a majority renters district. So I'm running because the 11th district is ready for change, and they need an advocate who is willing to fight for critical issues in the district. Now, um, you mentioned uh, one of the, uh, uh, the items that I had on the agenda for candidates was also your position on affirmative action. You've touched on that slightly, but I also wanted to hear you respond to the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, what is your perception of that? And uh, if you could respond to that as well. For sure. I think of affirmative action is well the definition of equity. It is to level the playing field. It's not equality, it's equity. It's making sure that qualified individuals have the same opportunities as everyone else to take part in uh, government resources, both ed government supplied education, employment, and particularly contracting. So we lost that right in over 20 some years ago. And the numbers after that have told the story. It has shown that we have fallen behind in admission and graduation from public colleges. We have fallen behind in our ability to, to uh, get employed uh, by the state government. And it's even more dramatically seen um, in the uh, very small percentage of uh, minority-owned businesses that get contracts from the state. So I believe it is imperative that we immediately restore affirmative action to the state of Washington. You know, we tried I-1000, um, we, we got it to the legislature, um, and uh, then we, you know, we had this referendum 88. Um, it was the responsibility of every 
uh, citizen, and particularly elected official, to fight to restore affirmative action. So I am a strong proponent of that. And Black Lives Matter is really a call to action um, to disassemble um, institutionalized racism and very in all the aspects that we see it in our society. It is basically a spotlight that is shown on the cracks in our social and economic systems that have disadvantaged African Americans because of the institutions that have been in place and the consequences of slavery in America. We see it in our mass incarceration uh, system where we are disproportionately and unfairly incarcerated um, in state and federal prisons, um, as, as well as lack of services for reentry. We see it in um, our educational systems where we do not have guidance counselors and instructors who reflect the diversity of the students that they serve that have a school-to-prison pipeline where for even the smallest offense with these ridiculous zero-tolerance policies, children are dragged out of school and put into the juvenile um, justice system. You see it in our healthcare system where African-Americans um, suffer uh, much worse outcomes in the healthcare system even when you take into account socioeconomic status. Um, David, I can't breathe David. It has been uttered in our communities. Excuse me. Okay, no, I'm just saying we will have to have you back to finish up because we, uh, we didn't, you didn't get all your time today, but we were running out of time. So we'll definitely have you back. Okay. As I indicated, we did extend an invitation to your opponent, then uh, uh, come with Zach Hutchins. So it's up to him to respond. And they have until the 29th of this month. So thank you very much, uh, David. We'll have you back on to finish up because you didn't have all your time okay. today. So thank you. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seatacshops.com. 
broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. Uh, Eddie Ryan here with Evans back at Urban Forum Northwest with our next guest, who is Erica Conway. She is uh, the president of the, C- of the Freedom Fund, Seattle King County NAACP's Freedom Fund. She's the chair, and they have activities going on. So Erica Conway, uh, she was on a couple of weeks ago because she co-chairs quite a few committees, but we're glad that she's doing the work because we got we need to help. So Erica, why don't you share with our, with our listeners exactly what the Freedom Fund is doing right now? Hi, thank you for having me on this afternoon. Um, Freedom Fund will be November 9th through the 13th. Um, it is for five days. At this time, we are looking for virtual ambassadors. And virtual ambassadors are equivalent to table captains. You know, back in the day, we'd have the dinners, things like that. So we're looking for virtual ambassadors to go out and um, talk to their friends and families to solicit money um, to donate to the NAACP. Um, And then hopefully their friends and family will talk to others and, um, you know, for donations for um, the Um, We're very excited about um, this year's um, Freedom Fund because it's virtual. And this is our first time ever doing anything like this. We have a wonderful committee. And um, we couldn't have done it without our uh, president um, having um, faith and trust in the committee um, to come up with something new. And um, so we appreciate our president and all that she has done and all that uh, she is doing and hopefully will do in the future. How can people access information or contact you or access information about the event or how they can get involved? So um, Freedom Fund, we do have an email. It's freedomfund at seattlekingcountynaacp.org. Also, we do have a Facebook page, Seattle King County NAACP. All the information is on there. And then also our website, SeattleKingCountyNAACP.org. And uh, And, uh, the other thing that you're working on is uh, how is the voter uh, registration, uh, how is that going? We are really excited about the voter registration. Um, We were um, at the Rainier Beach Safeway September 22nd. That was National Voter Registration Day. And we will be this Saturday at um, the Safeway in Brenton, which is on 3rd Avenue, from 11 to 3. And we will be registering individuals um, to vote. And we're hoping that people will come out. Um, meet our president and our committee members, and um, and for those who have not registered to vote, um, to register, um, this is a crucial time, and you know this, Mr. Rye and Mr. Evans, um, it is very important not only nationally but locally, and so we just have to make sure that everyone is registered, but not only that, everyone actually votes, turn in their ballots. So... That is what yep. we're doing um, this Saturday, October 10th. And then we also have another event on October 17th out north. Um, we will be um, partnering with the Black-owned um, 
coffee shop that I think you might have heard on the news where someone tried to um, burn it down. But um, and so we will be working with them and registering people to vote. And also it's their grand opening. So we're, you know, showcasing. Yeah, I want to let people know, too, that that uh, this black owned coffee shop in the Shoreline area that where they had the arson attempt, uh, that article's on the front page of the Seattle Medium this week. Done by, uh, by Aaron Allen. So you can see, got a picture of the sister and what they tried to do at the coffee shop. So for people who want additional information, I want to see if uh, Hayward Evans, who was a former NAACP board member, I don't know if he still is or not, he has a question or a comment for you, Erica Conway. Yeah, Erica, first, you know, thank you for all your hard work. And I know the challenges of the NAACP. And let me just start off by encouraging everybody that's in the listening audience. Time to get your membership in. Come on now. Go to the website and turn in your membership. Now, I'm, I'm going to go back to what they were talking about, the schools. I know that you're doing a great job voter registration. and uh, With the school district, what's the NAACP's plan? Because clearly the current uh, superintendent of South Public Schools has done a disservice to, uh, to our community. you know what's going on in the education committee? Uh, Mr. Evans, um, I apologize, but um, I know that I do not know personally because I'm not on that committee, but I do know the education committee is working with um, our president and um, they are meeting with uh, the Seattle Public School District and um, working on some things. But I cannot tell you exactly how things yeah. are going. Um, and yep. I know that our president was on a little before I was. So um, I'm sorry she wasn't able to touch on that. Well, you know, we did have Josette Wicker on a couple of weeks ago. She is the education chair. And Josette said, and, and Representative President Riley Payne said they would report back. I don't know if they had the meeting because we had her on with Congressman Bobby Scott. So we probably much up with the national agenda as opposed to the local stuff. But uh, no, so we'll get, we'll get uh, uh, Carolyn Riley Payne and Josette, the education chair, back on, I guess, after they meet with... Uh, the superintendent, I, I, that if they have a meeting with her. Approximately how many people have been registered to vote since you guys started the campaign, since we started the campaign? Um, I know that um, at the Rainier Beach um, Safeway, when we were at the National uh, Registration Day, we were able to register 20 people. And I was really shocked, Mr. Evans, because this is so late in the game. And I'm like, there's still people out there that have not registered to vote. And um, and that's a great concern. And so I think that's why we're really getting out there to push and, and say, hey, listen, if you're not registered, register now. Um, we are trying our best and we can't do it alone. And so we're asking people, if you're not a member of the NAACP and you have skills, even if you don't have skills and you just want to get out there and volunteer, please, we're, we're asking that you, you join us and for this fight. Um, this is crucial. Um, and so um, with the Freedom Fund, um, we're asking for support. And I hope that Mr. Evans, you and Mr. Rye will uh, make a commitment to be virtual ambassadors um, because we need help. You know, we can't do it alone. And I think like my grandmother said, if not you, then who? So um, so that's why I'm, I'm in this organization and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing because there's a call and they need we need people and that's why i'm stepping up to do do the job 
Well, I'm glad All you right. I will be an ambassador. Just let me get the information. I'll call Carolyn. Tonight. Wait, 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 wait. Hold okay. on. Let me just write this down. What did you say, Mr. Everett? This is being recorded, okay, right? Okay. No, we, uh, hey, uh, you guys have to finish up offline. We have to go. We're out of time. I got started late. It's my fault. I apologize. But Erica Conway, thank you very much. We appreciate you. what you're doing. And you and Hayward and I can get together offline. But I uh, want to also uh, give a shout out to our sponsors, Sound Transit's Labor and Civil Rights Office, City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Office, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Concourse Concessions, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, and Stephanie Ogle from SoulSys Media does our technology. So uh, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining us again next Thursday. Hey, whatever is Daddy Ryan. It's been another edition of Urban Forum Northwest. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. 